Today on Sharp Scratch, you'll learn the secrets of commuting etiquette, how getting a dirty sweat on can help with your well-being, and how to find the joy in being average. You're listening to Sharp Scratch, episode 19, New Year's Resolutions. This is a podcast brought to you by the BMJ and sponsored by Medical Protection, where we bring together medical students, junior doctors and expert guests to discuss all the things you need to know to be a good doctor, but that med school might not teach you. I'm Anna, and I'm a final year med student at King's, and I'm editorial scholar here at the BMJ. And I hope you've all had a lovely Christmas and have enjoyed our Christmas podcast, whether you were working or not. So I'm here in the studio today with my friends, Raihan and Laura. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Hi guys, so my name is Raihan, sorry about all the enthusiasm, um, <laughs> and I'm a medical student, but currently I'm taking a year out of medicine to do management at Imperial College. Happy New Year everyone, I'm uh, Lara nunez Mulder, and I'm a fifth year medical student at the University of Cambridge. And we also have in the studio with us today the BMJ's very own Abby Rimmer. Abby, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Abby, I'm the careers editor at the BMJ. And Abby, would you like to talk about the, the work that you've been doing with wellbeing, which is why you're here with us today? Yeah, sure. So myself and my colleague Kat Chatfield were tasked about a year or so ago to do some work on doctors' wellbeing for the BMJ. And as part of that, we launched a campaign which we called Give Us a Break, which looked at the importance of doctors being able to take their breaks and having rest spaces. So we did some work focusing on that. And then as part of my role as careers editor, I try and make sure that we have content in the journal that kind of looks at ways that doctors can improve their own well-being. So we have a series of articles where doctors talk about kind of small things they do in their life that improves their own well-being. And then I kind of try and get any other well-being content I can in by stealth in the rest of the journal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here with us today, Abby. And uh, yeah, we're going to pick your brains about all of the people that you've spoken to about their well-being. What we're going to be talking a little bit about today is uh, New Year's resolutions. So have you guys got any New Year's resolutions? Oh man, I always start thinking about them way too late. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I probably, I'd say I probably think New Year's Eve, okay, I'll stop thinking about it. Okay, so you haven't got any yet? None. You're you're not going to resolve to maybe like look at the briefings for your, for your assignments a bit earlier next year? I wish you didn't say that on there. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be between us, but... <laughs> no, that's okay, we, can, we, can, we, we don't have to include that. So none of you have any actual New Year's resolutions? Oh, you know what? I haven't bought any clothes this year. Really? Yeah, I'm trying to be really good. So maybe next year my resolution will be to buy all the clothes. That I've <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> no, no, I might keep trying to not buy clothes. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. I, so I resolved to do that in, like, November... So I achieved it between November and December. <laughs> was it hard to do it for a whole year? No, you know what? As soon as you stop doing it, you don't miss it anymore. Like I loved, I still love shopping, but actually once you get out of the habit, it's not difficult. Mm. Well, that's a that's a pretty good New Year's resolution, I reckon. Mine's very boring because I want to run a marathon in 2020. That's oh, boring. That so, so mainstream. Yeah, I know. Very mainstream. <laughs> but I think a lot of the time people do have really big plans for New Year's resolutions, right? And sometimes they might be around things like... Um, what you eat, um, kind of exercise you're doing, um, working harder at uni and things like that. And sometimes that might risk, you know, you putting yourself under quite a lot of pressure. Mm. Um, so what we're talking about today is the kind of things that people can do to protect their well-being. 
both physical and mental well-being and hopefully these can be like some of the kind of new year's resolutions that you might want to make instead of some about you know eating or exercise and it's interesting you say about new year's resolutions because we have an article where we ask people kind of what they do in their spare time that helps improve their well-being and recently we had an oral and maxillofacial surgeon peter brennan who gardens and one thing that he said which i thought was really nice is that he deliberately isn't an expert in gardening because he really just does it for fun and he doesn't worry about being good at it he just worries about enjoying it and i think mm. as you say it's important to you know do something that's good for you and not make it like a competitive or something you mm, have yeah. to be amazing mm. at i love that there's that's a serious a joy point. in yeah. doing something you just average at or not even that good at yeah exactly. absolutely yeah. yeah definitely and i think that's part of the reason why i like running because i'm like very mediocre at it <laughs> Um, so yeah thank you so much for being with us here today Abby and um, I actually spoke to a few people about what they do to keep themselves well Um, so let's dive straight in and hear from Juliet. Hello my name's Juliet I am a core surgical trainee in the Kent Surrey and Sussex region. As junior doctors we're often flung far and wide by the national sorting hat for job selection and as such we take on long commutes and often feel like a bit of a victim to our commute. So I always make a concerted effort to own this period of time, take control of it and make it me time. So preferably I would always choose to run or cycle to work. But if I'm travelling long distances, I just make sure that that period of time is filled with content that makes me feel good. For me, that's getting my teeth stuck into a book, a non-medical book or listening to a podcast. And maintaining a healthy commute helps me separate work life from home life. So I think, you know, Juliet's quite right. Like I know I've had some complete like mega commutes when I've been at med school, um, where they've sent me like really far away. Um, what about you guys? Not more than an hour for oh no, actually I've had some like car journeys of like two hours into the sticks for a couple of GP weeks. Two hours. Yeah, two hours. Wow. Yeah, yeah, two hours. Um I think for me one of the big things I do on a on a long commute is making phone calls um to my to my family or to friends who used to be at uni with me who've now graduated and, and moved on to different cities but like I've, I find that like a really good way to use that yeah. time as downtime to switch off from whatever, whatever I was doing that's really sweet I never yeah. would even think of doing that what making phone calls yeah just because of like signal and stuff you know when you're on the yeah. train or the bus yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's a really good idea maybe I should start yeah. doing that what about mm. you Rohan um I have had some long commutes so like in third year when I was on placement we were based down like an hour and a half away and I used to drive out with my friends, so we'd all get in the car at 6 a.m. in the morning. We'd be in the car for five, ten minutes, and they'd all fall asleep. So <laughs> <laughs> and every time I suggest, can I play my audiobook that I'm listening to this week? They'd be like, no. So as soon as they fall asleep, well, it's my excuse to now play my whatever audiobook I want or whatever song I want without anyone complaining. Well, I guess if you can manage it, like if you're on public transport and you can manage to sleep, that's a that's a decent way to spend yeah. your, your commute, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you it's say just, audiobooks as well. Yeah, I mean, it's just a little bit annoying. I'm the one driving and I'm also tired at six in the morning, but yeah, yeah, everyone sure. just falls asleep. Yeah, yeah. You have to <laughs> stay alert. But that thing about reading, though, that Juliet said, that reminds me of probably one of the best New Year's resolutions I ever made. And it, like, it wasn't really about New Year, it was just around that time of year mm-hmm. that I started to evaluate it after the first term at university that I had didn't I brought the entire Harry Potter series with me to university didn't read any of it got to the end of term hadn't slept a lot I'd done loads of things had a great time but like knew that everything was a bit out of balance because I wasn't sleeping and 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 I was completely like out of energy trying to do absolutely everything so I made a list 
of things that were important to me in my life. Sleep was at the top, actually, because <laughs> <laughs> without that, everything else went wrong. Um, and, you know, things like family, things like my faith, right at the top. Um, and reading, you know, like somewhere in the middle, it was about 12 things were on that list. And then, so I made this list about 12 things and then just crossed off the bottom two, which were music and something else. I just stopped those, completely binned them from my day to day. So, like, you know, I still tinkle on the piano if I pass one by, but um, that was definitely one of the most helpful exercise I've ever done around New Year. Yeah. And it now means, like, I do now actually read novels and stuff like that during term, which I didn't in that first term, but now I do make time for it and I love it. I love disconnecting from the world and going into a different world. Wow, so you've just said that you, you didn't have any New Year's resolutions, but you've obviously no, in not the past, this year, not you've this obviously year. in the past yeah, had, definitely... like, a really good method for you know taking stock of like what's important in yeah. your life which yeah, I guess yeah. like a lot of people do around New Year's mm, even yeah. though like, it's like kind of arbitrary right so. well yeah I mean for me it just came at just the right time because it was after my first term in a completely new place it was like such a good time for me to reevaluate my priorities and what I was spending my time on great well we're gonna um, hear from some other people about the things that they do to protect their well-being but that will be right after this How much do you care about indemnity right now? Probably not a lot. You're still a few years away from really worrying about claims and complaints from patients. But being part of medical protection is about a lot more than just indemnity. We can be there if something goes wrong, but we're also here to help make sure things go right too. We're the only medical defence organisation that protects doctors all over the world. From London to Brisbane, Cork to Cape Town, 300,000 members benefit from our expert advice and support throughout their career. During your years at medical school, your membership is completely free. You'll get training resources that can help you become an even better doctor, plus a dedicated student team there for you when you need it most. And when it comes to your elective, you can trust in our international experience to protect you wherever you choose to go. It's no wonder that 90% of medical students in the UK choose to be part of medical protection. You can find out more at medicalprotection.org. Okay, next up we're going to hear from Isra, who's a medical student in London. Hi, my name's Isra and I'm a final year medical student. Music and singing have been a huge part of my life since I've been really young, before I can remember. And singing is something that I've managed to carry through with me through university. When I first started university, I actually found it hard to join a choir properly or managed to have an outlet for my singing just because I think it's the pressure of joining a new degree and moving to a new city making unwise choices about my sleeping and eating it just made it really hard to commit to something regularly so it wasn't till second year that I joined my choir that I'm still part of four years later and um, some voices some voices kind of I don't want to say saved me because that's cheesy but some voices gave me a really kind of happy place when I was going through a hard time in my life um, and helped me. Also, second year was a stressful kind of year for us in medicine. I think it was the hardest year we've had. So it really helped me to get away from that and have a healthy way to let my emotions out and do something I love and meet new people. The quiet friends I've made, I'm still friends with four years later. I've no doubt I'll still go on being friends with them. And it's nice to kind of be outside of the medic bubble and meet people that aren't just from your university. The buzz that you get at the end of gigs and even at the end of rehearsals when we get a song right is unbeatable and knowing that we did it all together 
the sense of teamwork and accomplishment is one of the best parts of being in a choir. I'm so happy that I've managed to continue doing this and I hope I'll be able to carry on during my working life. So I think Isra picked up on a couple of the themes that we've already chatted about, about how, you know, it can be difficult, particularly when you're when you first start a med school or maybe when you first start as a junior doctor and there's different pressures and you yeah kind of need to work out like how you're going to manage those pressures. Raihan, do you reckon you're going to be going and joining a choir now? Um, I wish I had the time, but no. <laughs> I, I think what she mentioned was actually really good in the fact like in the sense that okay if you have something outside of medicine that's completely not medicine related like something like singing you go you switch off but you engage yourself and it's still stimulating and then at the end of it you get a sense of reward like okay we've just accomplished this we've just successfully I don't know sang (laughs) what's what's that for you Raihan like because you've got loads of different extra quicks you've got like the business stuff the YouTube stuff I don't know to me those still sound a bit like work. Do you have anything that helps you like completely switch off? Although it sounds like work, I genuinely have find it fun working on business or YouTube. There's something satisfying about putting in work and then seeing the result. Yeah. And mm. something like YouTube where you can put in, you plan, you you film and then you edit and then after all of those hours you upload it and then you see the views, you see people benefiting, you see people's comments, you see mm. engagement essentially and and that's the reward aspect of all that sort of some people might see it as work but i just see it yeah, as yeah i guess fun. it is it's quite a creative mm. process a creative isn't it outlet, yeah yeah so for sure and if like you're good that, at it as yeah. well is also enjoying like flexing something that you're like see, i don't know about the a bit skilled good at it pop but <laughs> you've had enough practice man mm. <laughs> and abby a lot of the people you speak to in your yi series do creative things right yeah absolutely we've had people who do a whole range of stuff so it was interesting hearing that story because we've had doctors who've been in choirs we have people Mm. who do kind of actively commute so that helps them kind of delineate between work and life which I think ties in with the previous story that we heard and yeah people doing a whole range of things so we've also had people who do marathons and ultra marathons (laughs) there's lots of sports to be honest but I think Mm. as I mentioned Peter Brennan with the gardening as well that's been a really popular one because I think that's something that probably everyone can do even in a really small way and actually kind of demonstrates that you don't have to be you know a really great runner or a really mm. great violinist to have a hobby that actually helps you and make improves your well-being mm. and mm. what about yourself abby do you have a creative outlet i'm really You're a writer so. i'm really <laughs> uncreative i try and run even though i really hate it but i make myself do it <laughs> <laughs> and i actually really love pilates and i i got a bit evangelical and rec- recommend it to everyone because pilates is brilliant so you, you, just, you still do that right oh yeah 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 oh yeah I still do pilates yeah. and then i'm torturing myself by doing a, a law diploma in my spare time but i think pardon yeah Oh my word, yeah. that doesn't sound well-being, that sounds No, but it's quite un-well-being. nice, I think, like Raihan was saying, <laughs> yeah. even though it is kind of work, it's also different, so it's a nice way of using sure, your brain in a okay. different way. Yeah, wow. definitely. I think, I know for me, like, when I've been low, something that I've always really enjoyed doing, which again, like, sounds a bit like work, is like teaching and stuff for, mm. for mm-hmm. more junior medical students, and... I don't know, even when you have like a really rubbish day on the ward and like you haven't seen any patients or whatever or, you know, it's just not been great. If you go and like deliver a really good teaching session and you see the little faces light up when they understand mm. like the lung mechanics, like it's 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 really good. Yeah, I, I like that. I think mm. that's good for my well-being. Mm. I mean, sometimes you do feel like, OK, after you've you've been to uni, you've done your your uni work and your revision and your coursework and then you 
you know you carry on with your creative outlet or whatever it is you do in your extracurricular activities like your time after you've done all that you do feel a little bit drained and then I think that's when I realize okay I actually do need something I need to do something that will sort of de-stress and mm. that's when I will just go to the gym or just mm. go for a run and mm. and it helps me sleep <laughs> <laughs> great well next up we're going to hear from Abby who's a medical student in Warwick one thing I learned was to study in proximity to other people. We set up a small group and there was about three of us who were always there and it was nice just to take the occasional break and have a giggle about random things. I also took the break to make a cup of tea and go and talk to our lovely, lovely receptionists at the medical school Uh, We have one called Caroline, who is basically the mum to everyone here. She gives the best hugs and she's always there for a rant and to celebrate with you, basically. Um, So that that did keep me going for exams. I also found my love of climbing, which I think is possibly the first sport I've ever fully engaged in, which I suppose is a good thing. So that is how we kind of kept our sanity in graduate entry year one. So I thought that was really sweet that Abby takes time to chat with the receptionists who might not be the the first people that that you might talk to. Um, But I know I've had some good chats with with librarians previously. But what I wanted to pick up on was having a support network around you is really, really important. And actually, Raihan, I wondered how like moving down to London from Newcastle, like, do you feel like you've lost that support network or do you know lots of people in London? It's a difficult question. For example, my closest group of friends, we don't really talk about much. Like, we don't talk about all... I don't know, if I'm if I'm struggling with something, I don't talk to them about it. And I think that's something that I'm working on. So, like, this year I've tried to improve because I've been told, OK, you need to talk to people about, this, I don't know, whatever it is that you, you're, you're struggling with. Because sometimes you get that feeling of being overwhelmed and a few people have pointed out, OK, maybe you should open up. But support network... It's something I struggle with. What about your family, man? Because mm. didn't they used to live in Newcastle when you started at uni there? Yeah. And again, it's something that my mum says. I need to open up to her a little <laughs> bit more. But Oh, there we go. We found a New Year's resolution for you. <laughs> <laughs> this year, Raihan's going to open up. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Lara? You, when you were talking about your list, you, you mentioned that there were some things like close to the top that were important to you that you know sound like they'd be your support networks yeah definitely yeah like I put family and friends right up at the top of the things that I need to put time into that reflect my priorities and in particular that's things like one direct action I took as a result of making that list that I then put a reminder in my phone every week to call my parents because I don't know that about you, but like when things so sweet. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you, but when like things get really busy at uni, mm-hmm. I end up in such a bubble, like with the people that I can see, with the people around me, with the work that's in front of me, that I forget about these people that I really, really love who are out of sight. And sometimes, in in that first term at uni, I went weeks without talking to them. Yeah, so I called my parents once a week. I try and do the same with my brother. It's a bit harder to get hold of. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I've yeah. got a brother who's just gone to university and. I consider myself lucky if I get like one word responses because I'm always sending him memes 
Um, <laughs> he's just started studying history, so I, I send him like history-related memes, which wow. I think makes me cool. Trying but so hard. <laughs> I am trying. I am trying so hard, Ben. If you're listening, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the exact same brother. I adore him. He's like quite apathetic about me. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. At best. Definitely. Like, same, oh yeah, you exist. Same. Yeah, yeah. You've got a sister, haven't you, Abby? I've got a sister and a brother, and I would say that with my brother it's exactly the same. He's much older and has two kids, but he's always been quite apathetic towards me and my sister, whereas I'm quite close with my sister, even mm. though we hated each other when we were younger. I'm close <laughs> to her now, although because she's a core cool medical trainee, so it's quite difficult to pin her down. I'll be like, let's hang out on the weekend. She'll be like, well, I'm working nights. So that makes things a bit yeah. more difficult. Oh, that's really awkward, yeah. Mm. And Abby, you recently published an article in the careers section about um, how we can support doctors who are going through some difficult circumstances, right? So what kind of things did you like dig out when you were writing? So it was kind of focusing on how you can support your colleagues who are being investigated. And the people that kind of came forward and gave examples were really just saying, you know, be supportive and be that person who says, how are you? Are you okay today? They were saying even that kind of simple gesture of taking someone aside just for five minutes and being like how are you feeling are you doing okay or giving them a cup of tea that sort of stuff is really supportive the other thing that I thought was interesting is is one of the contributors said oh you should encourage these people not to try harder but try easier you know and take a bit of pressure off themselves and actually don't feel like they have to be doing everything all the time and actually take some time out and and look after themselves because they're going through a difficult time so Mm. I thought that was really interesting Mm. and those are kind of like universal things that we can all do to like support people around us like not necessarily if you know people are having a tough time like just day-to-day things um so yeah I thought that was a really nice article Okay, so um, Juliet, who we heard from at the beginning, had another tip for us, so let's hear that. And this one is unapologetically predictable. It seems to be very on trend nowadays, but it does work, and it works every single time. It's exercise. Most of my exercise comes in the form of playing hockey. I play twice a week when work allows. And it just makes me feel great. I love getting out there, rain or shine, and getting a dirty sweat on, giving it my all and team bonding. It makes me feel brilliant. I love getting a dirty sweat on me too. (laughs) (laughs) So there is one thing that we haven't given Laura the opportunity to talk about yet. So I'm hoping this clip will give her the opportunity to talk about the real love in her life. Mm, I like rugby. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we've touched on this in the podcast before. I've definitely mentioned it in one of my introductions to the, well, it ended up being absolutely mortifying for me when no one engaged. (laughs) Good for you, Lara, that's what they said. I'm sat here right now dressed in my rugby team stash got the fleece i've got the t-shirt um yeah no i love it i so i like i like i said earlier i tried loads of things in my first time of university lots of different things and thought i'd pick up a new sport so i tried rowing and i tried rugby and i ended up sticking with rugby partly because it's it's so it's like unpredictable and varies a lot and you're encouraged to like step up and try new things as soon as you join particularly in the women's game where there's so many people who come to university and never played it before there's loads of room for development and I loved the way that when I went there, like it occupied my whole mind and it didn't let me think about the other things mm. that were going on at the time, which is a bit different to running. Because I've tried some running before in my past and people say that when you run, like you end up, your mind like 
goes to another place and you like mull over the things and I don't know, I don't know you know <laughs> that you know that kind of dream? Uh, no I, I actually have that now oh, man. Uh, it's taken me like a quite a yeah. long time to get to that point with running but yeah. now I can just run and not think about how uncomfortable my body is <laughs> how you, <laughs> you can't breathe I mean? and your legs hurt yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah, and yeah. I'm not sure if that means I'm getting fitter or if I've just like managed to like have some mind body <laughs> duality <laughs> yeah no, so I've heard that, but I, I mean, rugby is a, is a contrast to that in that it does occupy your mind and you don't think about, I really like that. And also like going somewhere, it forces me to go outside even when the weather's grotty and when it's dark in winter. We were training on frozen ground yesterday, which really stung your hands when they were on the ground. But, you know, it's, I love that sort of fresh air. And then also the team aspect. It touches on what Isra was saying earlier as well about working together and creating something beautiful and getting a really big buzz out of mm-hmm. doing something great together as a team definitely that kind of vibes i get from doing a team sport as well oh i love it so much <laughs> it's all i can think about most of the time <laughs> but it's really interesting you talk about how it kind of switches your brain off because with the kind of well-being yi articles that we have in the bmj a lot of people the kind of working doctors they're consultants mm. they're obviously not more busy than medical students mm. but they work in a different way mm. and for them equally it's important that they kind of what the activity they're doing shuts their brain off so we had mm. a consultant in Scotland and she goes wild swimming so she swims in oh, lakes yeah. in really cold water and she's yes. saying she really loves it because it's completely different and it does mm. you have to think about that and nothing else yeah yeah the shock of the cold yeah. water yeah, yeah. My parents I remember that reading stuff, that yeah. piece and she was saying like you you physically cannot think about anything yeah. else when you're like <laughs> in that like cold lake it doesn't even it's sound like, that fun does no, it, it doesn't. <laughs> But it is uh, for some people you know. yeah. yeah for sure I mean I, something I have thought a lot about because I'm a bit concerned that when I do start being a doctor um, and doing shift work that it'll be much harder to do any team sport you know whether it's rugby or a different sport like I'm not sure that I'd be able to keep to specific training times or to match times you know so I've put a lot of thought into like what am I going to do when I'm a new doctor um, what, what am I going to do to be able to do some exercise to get my heart rate up because for me it is if I don't do exercise actually things start to overwhelm me a bit more easily mm-hmm. and things like that like I yeah it, it seems strange that adding another thing to my week can make mm. me feel more chill but sport and exercise is definitely one mm. of those things I mean what we found with some of the people who contribute and um, so we had a doctor who's in a netball team for example mm. and she was saying she did kind of stop playing right after medical school because she didn't quite have the time but then she re-found netball in her life and now she gets all the benefits from it again and oh. she's just made it fit in with her her working so she tells her team you know I've got to leave early on a Thursday because I've got to train and she's made it work and it's really benefited her so mm. I, I'm sure there will be ways, there to, yeah. hope, ways to do there it hope. Yeah, yeah. Mm. what about you Raihan do you play any team sports um, not much of a team player are you Raihan oh, <laughs> that's very <laughs> uncharitable <laughs> <laughs> it's not Declan oh sorry it's Raihan. fine it's fine Raihan. To Raihan. no no it's fine <laughs> um, I'm used to it <laughs> <laughs> off air um, but I do so one thing that I actually did in Newcastle was um we play a lot of football, so like five aside or mm. um even seven aside and it does help and it used to be a weekly thing. And looking back at it now actually we've I've done that throughout medical school. So there's always like medics football on a Sunday and and um and then when there's not medics football then there's usually group chats where medics or just friends in general they have a five-side league and even when I came to London one of the first things that I found was a group chat of people like KPMG and JP Morgan who play (laughs) football on a really fancy expensive football pitch high up on like the 20th floor of their (laughs) building Uh, so I think that's something that I do try and stick to like okay Mm. 
let me try and find it. There's five-side football everywhere. That does sound like something that's compatible with being a new doctor as well. Yeah. Like, could be could fit around shift work and stuff if exactly. it's organised casually through a chat. I mean, even in the hospital, if you find um, what we call ballers, if you find a few ballers, then <laughs> I'm sure you it's can like set up... society. <laughs> yeah. it, it really Do you is. have a secret handshake? <laughs> Not yet, actually. I think I might work on that with, <laughs> with the current group chat. But what is it about Fiverside? Obviously, it's compatible like with your life and stuff, which is like a big tick for, for for why it's good. But what is it that you actually you know like so much? Do you about know, it? do you know what it is? So, I don't know about you guys, but I think something that keeps me going is sort of like doing something really well. So, say you, say for example, you've had a bad day at uni or a bad day at work. And maybe you've made a few mistakes or you've just not been on the ball. And then you go and play football and, and it's like, okay, fine, I didn't do that well today at work, but football is, okay, mm. I, I scored a goal, I did this, I did that. And it's like, okay, I didn't see progress at work, but I saw progress elsewhere. And that's something that I've noticed for the past few years has really kept me going through med school. That, okay, maybe... At uni, my exam grades weren't as like the best, but it's fine because my YouTube channel is doing really well, or the business is doing really well. And mm. progress, I like seeing progress. And mm. if I don't see it in one field, then I'd like to see it in another. That's what I always said about rugby as well, because I did pick it up as a new sport. That it was so satisfying that when you're revising, like you can't see your progress, and you have to put so mm-hmm. many, so many, so many hours in before you notice any gains. Whereas rugby training, like week on week, you could notice the gains. Like week on week, the numbers yeah. go up at the gym. You're you're making better decisions on the pitch. Like you can just see the, and it's so satisfying to do that alongside something so slow burning, like studying for a medical degree. Oh, we could talk about the ones you've not kept. That might be funnier yeah. if you've got ones that. Oh, they're, they're all to do with food, man. So my birthday's like in February, so I'd always like. <laughs> do some food restriction thing from January I know it's not, I don't want to talk about it on the podcast uh, yeah, yeah that's fair enough you want let's cut the diet, cut the diet <laughs> there was something I wanted to say about well-being and kind of getting into sports and stuff I think one thing that I've learned getting older is that it's important not to beat yourself up when you don't fulfill those goals as well you know when I was younger I'd be like oh, I'll run every week or I'll do x y and z mm-hmm. and then if I didn't achieve that I'd really beat myself up and it wasn't good for my mental health and actually it's really important to find that balance and think mm. you know it's okay if I miss the gym this week or mm. it's okay if I because overall I'm doing it so Anna yeah. you said that you've got like running as your thing that you're happily joyfully mediocre at oh yeah I love yeah. it like I'm so average yeah. like it's just so liberating to yeah. be average when yeah. you live in a world that always is demanding like more and more and more or like trying to be the best at everything not that I was like you know top of my class at med school or anything but you know there is always that kind of atmosphere of like competition and stuff and like I go to races and I don't rate like I'm never gonna Mm, be top but I did it it's amazing and I did actually recently join the local running club and it's taken me about six months to work up the courage (laughs) to join the running club I'd only ever run like by myself before but I've got a little T-shirt now, yeah. so I've got I've got some stash of my own. I'm not wearing stash. it. Um, <laughs> You're not dedicated enough, clearly. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's it is so nice to to let yourself. Yeah, exactly mm. like you're saying, Abby. Like 
just give yourself a break sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of what I wanted to talk about today is you always hear about people making these New Year's resolutions, like crazy things, and then they beat themselves up when they don't do it. Mm. And, you know, I think as med students and junior doctors and I guess just as people in general, like we beat ourselves up enough. So mm. you've maybe got enough going on. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe this, this new year just resolve to... Yeah. I'm, I'm genuinely yeah. thinking that, and I'm wondering, I'm think, sat here thinking to myself, is there something I could be joyfully average at this new year? Because at the moment, you know, like... You're I'd, just amazing at everything. I, mean, I, I was thinking, the thing that I'm most average at is med school, <laughs> and maybe that's not the right balance of things. <laughs> I, used to do flam- I used to do flamenco dancing, oh. and that's a really fun thing to be average at, because that it's basically so just fun. stamping. Yeah, you can just stamp out your aggression. Flick your skirt, it doesn't matter if you're in time. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I mean, like, I've done knitting before in the past and oh, been joyfully average at knitting. I wonder if that's something I might pick up again just for the just yeah, for the simplicity it. of it do you have anything like that Raihan that you're average at and do joyfully that's what I mean hmm, football yeah? <laughs> yeah yeah I'll be honest you football. score goals but like you're happily no, mid- mid-range I don't, I don't I'm not a striker I'm a midfielder okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep yeah. <laughs> I, indeed I, 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 I let other people you're shine. nodding like you don't know what I that means I facilitate the other people the, the strikers shine I, yeah you know what I mean? yeah yeah but yeah you have to remember it's okay not to be the best and actually a lot of these things you're doing for your own enjoyment. And I often forget that, you know, if I start a new class or something, I think, God, I have to I have to be the best flamenco dancer I can. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're doing it for fun, so just enjoy it and it doesn't matter if you're crap. Yeah. After this recording, yeah. can you show me some flamenco, please? Oh, yeah. Thanks. So have you guys m- managed to find a New Year's resolution then in the hour that we've been talking? Raihan, you're wrapping up. You're taking, you're taking my job. <laughs> you're doing the wrapping up for me. Hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> well, if someone wasn't like an hour late for this recording. <laughs> Again, supposed to keep that off. <laughs> no, yeah. you're very welcome to wrap up. So has anyone got any that they've came up with in the past hour? I think talking, I think I'd like to take up something that I'd been scared to do before because I knew I wasn't going to be good at it and just enjoy being average at it. Okay. Mm. I mean, I'd really like to do that too, but I'm also a bit wary of adding something new to my diary. So what I'm thinking now is actually it's been five years since I did that sort of list-making, prioritising exercise. I'm thinking actually maybe it's high time that I sat down, had a a good think about what I'm doing with my time and whether there's anything I'm missing out on, such as doing something where I'm not striving and and straining Mm. to be the best at, but but just doing because it's joyful. Mm. I think I'm going to spread the message of this joyful averageness <laughs> i might tweet about we really it like, we really like this don't we, yeah. we really like this, this idea don't I, we? I yeah. think it's a good concept it's weird how like it's kind of radical it is in our sort of hyperproductive culture exactly yeah. exactly it's crazy to me that this could be like a oh my god i'm allowed to be mediocre at yeah. something mm-hmm. <laughs> and how about you Raihan? you asked the question yeah. yeah well i'm going against all advice that has been given <laughs> on this show and i actually want an obe what next year? If I can, yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Why not? Aim big. Okay. I just saw a friend who just got nominated, um, and he was just sharing it. So I want one now. <laughs> Fair enough. Do you know Dream what, big. man? I believe in you. Yeah, yeah. Thank we support you. you. We, got your we, back, we man. support you. Yeah. I hope the queen's listening. <laughs> <laughs> I think 
that's all from us on Sharp Scratch today. Um, I hope everyone's enjoyed our little chat about the joy of being average. And we'll be back in two weeks. So if you subscribe or follow us wherever you get your podcasts, you'll get our next episode straight to your phone. And if you just can't wait that long for more BMJ student content, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And once you finish listening to this episode, why not leave us a rating and write a review? It helps other students to find the pod. And we really like knowing all the things you love about Sharp Scratch. Next time, we're going to be talking about anxiety. Until then, it's goodbye from all of us here in the studio. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.